Hello everyone, Leslie here, and I am coming to you from the Film Photography Satellite Studio in lovely downtown Findlay, Ohio. Currently, 620 day approaches. June, the sixth month, the 20th day, is designated as 620 day, which is celebrated, of course, by us shooting 620 film. If you're like me, you love shooting these 620 cameras. But I also find the history of 620 film interesting. In 1932, Eastman Kodak had many historic milestones, including the introduction of the 620 film format and their dedicated cameras, as well as 8mm standard movie film cameras and projectors were offered to the public, and sadly it was the year in which George Eastman died. With the 120 film, Kodak was looking for an exclusive unlike 120 film, which the rest of the world was using. They wanted something that was not interchangeable with 120. And I think the 620 was a brilliant move. It's basically repackaged 120 film onto a different spool. And everything is different on the spool, except that inside dimension, because it is taking the existing 120 film. The core is smaller and thinner. The keyholes on the end of it are also smaller, thus keeping this roll of film from being used in a 120 camera with a bigger key. Also, the flanges are smaller in diameter and also much thinner. So none of this typically was interchangeable with the 120 film system. And if you wanted to use 620, you had to buy a 620 camera. Now 620 gets its name from partially 120. We're going to keep the 20 part, but the original cameras only shot six frames per roll, so we will use that six in front of it, thus 620. Now eventually, 620 lost the medium format war to 120. In 1995, they discontinued it. Wah, wah. What's a person to do? All those thousands of working cameras are out there and there's no film. Well, actually, I found about five different methods for getting film into these cameras and shooting again. In no particular order, they are. Number one, just jam a roll of 120 film into your 620 camera. Now, I'll tell you right now that it, that rarely works because as I mentioned, the 620 spool is smaller. The 620 film chamber is also smaller. So 120 film sometimes doesn't physically even fit in there. If the film chamber is a little bit bigger, it may fit, but it will pull through very hard in your camera. And I was always concerned about the winding key. And sometimes actually the rolls would not even move at all. So I don't consider this really a viable option. Second option, which a lot of people use, I think, is trimming the flange down on a 120 roll of film. They use nail clippers to, to reduce the diameter of it, and then they will use a file to reduce the thickness of the flange. And that's the part, I guess, that uh, really bothers me, is I don't want all those little filings out there possibly getting in between the film and the paper or being transferred into my camera. So once again, that was not a method I really chose to use. The third method is re-spooling 120 film onto 620 spools. Now you're going to need about four or five things to do this. To complete your project, you're going to need a completely empty 620 spool. Do not take this spool out of your camera. You'll need a roll of 120 film. You're going to need some available darkness, such as a darkroom or a changing bag. You're going to need patience. And as number five as an option, you may want to watch Mike Rosso's tutorial on doing this on the FPP YouTube channel. This requires 
a decent amount of handling of the film. And if you're using a changing bag, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get the film sweats. And that's something I want to avoid when I'm handling film. So it, even though it works and I've done it, I, I don't like to do it. Number four, probably the best option out there, is to buy your film already re-spooled or buying film that is newly manufactured 620. Possibly some large camera stores that have a larger film department may actually carry some 620, but I wouldn't count on it. You typically are going to have to order this online, which is fine. It's directly delivered right to your mailbox. And as a fifth option, you can adapt 35 millimeter to go into your 620 camera. Camera Hacks has just introduced a 620 35 millimeter adapter set. Now this is not plug and play. It's a little bit of preparation first. Number one, you need to cover the red window with something that's light tight like electrical tape. Number two, you're going to have to test your camera out using a test roll or a dummy roll of film to check the spacing so you know how far to advance the frame. You don't want to double expose because you didn't advance it far enough, or you don't want to leave wide spaces because that's just wasting film. Another thing to remember and mentally prepare for is to adjust your framing. You don't have that full real estate that you see in your viewfinder. Remember, you've only got a little skinny piece of film going right through the center. So pay attention to that and you won't have any unusual cropping errors or disappointments. Now, when you get to the end of the roll, it'll no longer advance. It tightens up because 35 millimeter film is attached to its core in its cassette. So you need to go back into the dark and you're going to need to rewind that 35 millimeter film back into its cassette from your 620 take up. And that's a lot of prep. So there's got to be some advantages to all this. Well, number one, 35 millimeter film is readily available. The second thing you get is Sprockets, sprockets, sprockets. Now's the time on Sprockets when we dance. If you don't know what sprockets are, it's when you take 35 millimeter film and expose the entire piece of film, the sprocket area, all the way out through the rebate edge. You're also going to get a longer frame. It's going to be as long as the opening in your 620 camera. 35 millimeter film is easy to process. If you process 35 millimeter at home, you've got absolutely no trouble. You'll process it exactly the same as you do regular frame 35 millimeter. Now, if you're sending this out to a lab, I would recommend that you make a note to them saying that you either have non-conventional frames or shooting the sprocket holes or something like that. It won't make any difference when they process your film, but it will make a difference when they print it and or scan it, and most importantly, when they cut your negatives. You don't want them to cut through your negatives. They may also return them uncut to you. If you're shooting 620, simply re-spooled from 120, and you develop it at home, there's absolutely nothing different. And if your lab does 120 film, it will do 620 for you. Now the camera hack adapters, 620 re-spooled film in many flavors and the 620 newly manufactured film as well as the 620 empty spools are all available in the FPP store. Yes! FPP film is newly manufactured as 620 film. It is called FPP 620 black and white negative film and it comes in a lovely black light tight case. Mike sent me 
some test rolls of this when he first got it in. I used it in four different cameras, various vintage from about the 30s up through uh, maybe the 1950s, and I had excellent results. Not only were my exposures good, but the tones of the film with the coated and the uncoated lenses were spot on. And importantly, this film advanced smoothly through the camera, and the numbers lined up with the appropriate red window. Now this film is an ISO 100 film. It's marked so on the backing paper and that is perfect for vintage cameras. That's about the speed of film that they had when they were first used. And to use that on cameras that have no setting or exposure time adjustments, it's important to use a 100 speed film. The FPP 620 works well in all black and white developers. You can check the product page for your developing times. I thought it worked especially well in FPP's D96. I mean, I was extremely pleased with this film and developer combination. So there you have it. 620 film is easy to obtain. It's fun to use with the vintage cameras, which are cheap to buy if you don't have one. So there's no excuses not to get out there and shoot some 620 film. We'll be right back right after this quick message. And now Kodak presents a holiday reminder from Betty White. This week we'll celebrate the 4th of July. A good day to make the wonderful world of color yours with color snapshots. And you can do it so easily with your own camera, the one you have right now, and Kodakolor film. Kodakolor film comes in all the popular sizes. And believe me, next to the pickles, it's the most important part of the picnic. So when you're out for holiday fun, be sure to take along an extra roll or two of Kodakolor film so you can capture all the fun and color of your happy family day. With Kodakolor film, you can take color snapshots as easily as black and white. Just aim and snap, and you get beautiful, sparkling color prints. So no matter how you spend your day, save the fun in color. It makes a world of difference. Be ready before the 4th with Kodakolor film in the familiar yellow box. Remember, you can depend on the name Kodak. Hey, we're back. Wow. And let's talk 620 cameras. Now that 620 film is readily available, let's get the lowdown on the cameras themselves. And you may have been given a 620 camera. You may have bought one like at a boot sale, a garage sale, a lawn sale. Or you may even be considering a special one to add to your collection. Here are some basic tips and tricks that apply to using a 620 camera. First, identify that it is actually 620 film that your camera takes. 620 and 120 cameras can look a lot alike. So if the name is not a giveaway, such as Kodak 620 Junior, then open it up because inside, on the back of the camera, it will tell you what type of film it uses. It may say, use 620 film, 620 film recommended, something like that. Kodak also had to take it a step further. They specifically wrote, use 620 film. This camera does not use 120 film. I guess the uh, medium format war was on. And also note that even though Kodak was the original manufacturer of the 620 format and the cameras, they were not the only ones making 620 format cameras. Ansco, the Herbert George Company of Chicago, Argus, Votax, Philips, all made cameras that took 620 film. So if you see a camera and it's not a Kodak, 
don't assume that it's a 120 camera. It may very well take 620 film. Now that you've got your film identified, the size that you need, here's a few things to do before you actually run that film through it. First, does it have a take-up spool? Open it up and check. If it does not have a take-up spool or it's damaged in some way, you can get a replacement spool from the Film Photography Project store. Next, clean the lenses. Some of these cameras are 70, 80 years old. They're going to have some haze on the lenses. Most of these cameras are pretty easy to dismantle and open up. So I would recommend cleaning not only the front surface, but the inside surface of the lens. And while it's open, clean your viewfinder, lenses, and mirror. Check the shutter. It may have a few options, so check them all. And by options, I'm referring to shutter speeds, as well as some basic controls. You will find that even box cameras, many of them, had these settings. And they were called I, or INST for instant. And that was the basic setting for outdoor photography with plenty of light, or flash photography inside if your camera would take a flash model. T, or time, or long, or B, or bulb, would be the other setting typically. And that simply holds the shutter open for a longer period of time. You control when it opens and you control when it closes. Now remember if you're going to use that long exposure, that timed exposure, you need to secure your camera on something that's, that's stable and steady. I would recommend, of course, a tripod. You're going, but Leslie, my camera doesn't have a tripod socket. <laughs> Never mind that. Get your tripod out, set your camera on top of the platform at the top, and put a big rubber band around it. Problem solved. Once you've got your film and you put your film in, there's something that you need to think about and make a choice and make a decision and stick to it. The cameras typically do not have double exposure prevention and they also do not have a traditional frame counter. They are expecting you to look at the numbers or the symbols through the little red window on the back that uh, are printed on the backing paper. So to avoid double exposure or forgetting and advancing it and missing a frame, you've got two choices. The first one being every time you make an exposure. Every time you take a picture, you automatically wind it up to the next frame. Then even if you put the camera away for a while, when you get it out, you will know it's a fresh, unexposed frame. And you can also do that in reverse, where you never advance it after you take it. You only advance it right before you make your exposure. Either way you do it is fine as long as you are consistent. Then you will always know, you will not double expose, and you will not lose frames. If you have any questions about the use of your camera, the features that are on it, how to operate it, how to load it, look for a manual online. And I would recommend one of the largest, most wonderful resources that we have, and I would recommend Mike Butkus' website. Google Butkus, B-U-T, KUS camera manuals and it will come up. Please also consider making a monetary donation for this wonderfully rich resource. So if you already have a 620 or looking to obtain a 620 camera, how do yours stack up to the others that are out there? Well there are basically four styles of 620 camera. The box camera. On the plus side, 
These cameras are very easy to load and very easy to use. They have little, if any, options to think about or set. It may be a choice between that INST or I setting instant or long exposure. Typically, you'll be on the instant. There's no focusing. There's no metering. Press the button and go. The minuses to this type of camera, the viewfinders are hard to see. They're small or they're very dim. A lot of times the silver on the mirror is coming off and it's not the easiest way to frame up your picture. Then there's the TLR style, twin lens but not reflex, and these cameras have two lenses in them. They are waist level viewing cameras like the box cameras. You hold them down in front of you and look down into them and it has a taking lens on the bottom and a viewing lens on the top. And this viewing lens system gives you a very bright viewing area. So easy to see. It's a pleasure to use these cameras. Typically, they also gave you some exposure options, maybe three f-stops to choose from. They may have also given you some zone focusing, which typically means you may be able to focus closer, as well as those shutter speed options of I and T. Next style of camera is called the folder, and it is an iconic looking style of camera that has a lens, a viewfinder, and a bellows that collapses and stores into the camera body. Typically, these cameras had more exposure control, f-stops and shutter speed wise, and zone type focusing. As with the other cameras, the viewfinders can be hard to see through, but sometimes these cameras gave you an option of two different viewfinders, a sport finder in which you'd hold the camera up to your eye, or a waist level finder. Now the viewfinder really isn't so much a big problem with this. The biggest issue that you have with this type of a camera are the bellows themselves. After all these years, they can develop pinholes, which will fog and expose your film. So you need to inspect your camera first and be prepared to repair or replace those bellows. And finally, probably the most oddball of all of these are the rangefinder style 620 cameras. These had fully coupled focusing devices that when you focus the lens, you got a confirmation of it through your viewfinder. And cameras like the Kodak Metalist, the Metalist 2, the Chevron, all come to mind as the quintessential rangefinder focusing 620 cameras. They are big cameras. They're heavy. They have beautiful lenses in them with a full array of f-stops and shutter speeds and possibly even some other options. This camera, you really must have a manual on it. It is not for beginners. If you set your options in the wrong order, you could actually break the camera. But the benefits of that beautiful lens and those large 6x9 negatives is well worth it. They will be crisp and full of detail. Now, I personally prefer the 620 box style camera. I think it's the purest form of photography. And one of my favorite models is the Kodak Brownie Hawkeye or the Brownie Hawkeye Flash. Many people approach me when I'm using this camera, and I will often hear, that was my first camera, or mom gave me that camera, it was hers, or this was grandma's camera and I still have it. But they always eventually get around to 
do they still make film for that? I use this time to educate on the availability of the film and to encourage them to dust off their cameras and use them again. And this is also the message, actually, that I want to give you. Go get a 620 camera. They're cheap. Or dust off an existing one that you have because there's no excuse not to use it and enjoy 620 film photography. With that being said, this is Leslie from the Film Photography Project. Shutter closed. Peace out.